Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Join Justin Townsend and the Harvesting Nature crew as they explore the world of cooking wild fish and game while sharing recipes, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from their pursuit of wild food. We sure hope you ate before the show, because you're going to leave hungry. This is the Wild Fish and Game Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Harvesting Nature's Wild Fishing Game Podcast. You got your host here, Justin Townsend. Uh, today is a great day, one, two. Um, we're going to have a great chat here. Uh, so so uh, I'm talking here with the we we hunt. Uh, looks like you guys will smell that. Wow. Uh, and, and Jack, so today we're going to focus, it's like home, home on the range. Uh, we're going to talk about our, our recap in Wyoming. So separately, we spent about two weeks, uh, well, I guess separately, we spent a week each or five days each uh, at separate times in Wyoming uh, hunting the same species. Well, same, same, but different. So um, <laughs> you're changing it now. <laughs> The way we hunt. <laughs> there we go. That's better now. Good. Um, so we got Ryan and Emily here and Jack. So Jack uh, is my longtime buddy. I guess Ryan and Emily are my longtime buddies too. But uh, they're, they're more more closely involved with Harvesting Nature. Jack is a, uh, a longtime fan, first-time caller. <laughs> uh, so He was enthralled right. by your soothing voice. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jack, feel free to, uh, t- we'll give you a chance to introduce yourself if you like. All right, yeah, real quick, uh, Jack, yeah, like uh, like Justin said, uh, we became friends uh, when we were stationed in Key West together, and everything uh, I, I know about hunting, I learned from this guy, so thank, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Who's, whose ding was that? Uh, that's mine, the first, the first timer here. 
Thanks, Jack. Welcome, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the show. Oh, bye, Jack. <laughs> Where's that remove button? <laughs> Gosh. No, uh, we love Jack. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, cool, man. Well, yeah, glad to have you on the show. Uh, I think last year, so we did a podcast recording from the field uh, when we were in Wyoming last year. So a little background. Jack likes to go uh, with AJ and myself up to Wyoming and hunt. Uh, last year, he took a year off due to some some sweet training uh, that he did uh, for work. But uh, outside of that, so you missed the opportunity to record podcast then, but we're catching you back up this year. Uh, and then really the year before that, so back two years ago is when – uh, we had the great epiphany to start this show. Uh, it was actually that trip that led to it. So, um, cool things are have happened since. Um, let me throw out a couple updates. So, uh, for those who don't know, we joined the Waypoint Podcast Network, Waypoint Outdoor Network. They have an app called Waypoint TV. Uh, you can go there to listen to our shows. You can go to our website and listen to our shows, or you can continue to listen to our show the same place you always listen to our show. Uh, we migrated over to those folks because it's a like mind collective of outdoor lovers, fishermen, anglers, hunters, gatherers cooks we're actually the first food focused podcast on that uh platform so we're really stoked about that so it's us uh and when i say us it's the wild fishing game podcast and on a separate channel you can take a look at antler and finn which is our audio cookbook that walks you step by step through whatever uh recipes we decide to post up there give you like a, a real stop and play opportunity to go through a recipe if you just want to listen to it versus uh Versus reading it, which I think is a great option if you like the Alexas or the series or whatever. You can tell them to stop and play and all that jazz as you go through each step. So um, those are fun things going on. Uh, outside of that, uh, we've got our last cooking class for the semester coming up this month here in November. We're going to take a pause through December and January. And then uh, in January, we will kick off our full uh, Harvesting Nature Supper Club but as a sort of semester format. So my plan is to roll out all the classes we're going to be doing over the next three months uh, after that, so uh, mid-January, February, March, and part of April, sort of like going back to school again. Uh, we'll list all those all at once, and you can take your pick, and we'll offer great deals and special offers, and it'll be a great time. We'll all have fun and cook delicious wild game. So the pate that I missed, I can go back. Uh, he actually has not made the pate. Oh, we that the rescheduled one? that class. Yeah, that is the oh, last okay. one. So Adam's Adam's duck liver whiskey pat ma- whiskey. Hold on, whiskey maple duck pate is uh is this month. So November. I might have to get um, back on that because Ryan thought yeah. out some liver. Yep. Accidentally Ooh. the other day. Wasn't labeled. <laughs> we didn't know what it was. <laughs> Thought it was a giant top rounder. I don't know what. It, anyway, yeah, it's a liver. What kind of liver is it? You it's don't know. Deer. White tail. Oh yeah, it's definitely white tail wow. because of the the year that I didn't label anything. It was definitely a white tail. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I too, uh, I saved a, a liver. Not to jump way ahead, but I saved liver for my antelope. I'm gonna give my my liver activities another go this year last year i was very much uh 
Well, I tried to make a pate out of antelope liver, which I don't know if I would recommend that. Um, and then I did the the great liver soaking test of 2020, which, I, which came out really great. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with this one, but I did. So uh, we'll, we'll go through and, and we're going to let you guys kind of take the lead with telling us a recap of your stories uh, from your antelope trip because this is your guys' first year up. And then Jack and I will just sprinkle in some delicious nuggets of antelope whatever information from ours in there because ours uh while probably record setting was not that exciting so well like how detailed do you want do you like the cliff notes version or do you want like I jack mean, london we got <laughs> we got we got 54 minutes to burn so we can talk about whatever we want stretch out yeah all right so let's I guess let's start let's start at the top. So drawing tags. So we definitely miscommunicated drawing tags. Again. Because again <laughs> we gotta get better at this. Um so you guys put in for tags. I, we put in for the second draw. Yeah, yeah, we put in and And by we I didn't do nothing. So I even messed up on our end. Not to not to muddy the waters anymore, but I thought I thought I put in for a party draw, which I did mm-hmm. end up putting for a party draw. But when I got selected, or when we got selected, um, I, and I literally just picked any unit like on the eastern side of Wyoming. I was just like, yeah, that's closer to us than, than anything. And But when I got selected, it said, you have been selected, and it was just me, and it didn't have any of in- Emily's information at all, period. Like, nothing. I was like, whoa, I guess I drew an antelope tag. And she goes, I thought that you... Put in for a party. I'm like, I thought I did too, but there was literally nothing that said party. It was my name, my social, my birth date, all that. Um, oh yeah, I don't, I don't think it puts. Jack, correct me if I'm wrong. It doesn't. It notifies you individually. It doesn't say like your party drew. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Because I did it with uh with AJ's party. He went separate. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got my own notification. Yeah. Which which I didn't know that. So I just get it. And I'm like, well, honey, I I drew. I'm sorry. I guess you didn't. I thought I put us in for a party draw. I was like, bye. I guess you're going to Wyoming by yourself because I ain't driving with you. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that, is that why you text me? <laughs> <laughs> and then. And they're like, well, you know, we're gonna send you your tags in the mail, and blah blah blah. And so it was like ten days of me planning a solo <laughs> antelope trip. Um, I had it like a quarter of the way planned and then two tags show up in the mail and I was like, Oh, nice. I told you I put in for a party. <laughs> Had you go in this whole time. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that was, that was the draw. And so then it was, Hey, we, and then I was actually a little upset that I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I'd already made plans. Like he's going to go do this and I'm going to go do my own thing. And then I was like, nah, I guess we're both going. I guess I got to spend some time with him. <laughs> <laughs> road trip another one um so yeah so that was i mean that was the draw and then it was just down to trying to with your help and stuff trying to find a, a landowner or yeah land, landowners or so was was your tag land uh private land only no it was either okay. or. so ours so we so separate to what Ryan, so we just collectively, I say we, it's like Jack and AJ and myself decided we were going to take the year off this year and build a point. Um, 
But AJ found out that if we apply for the leftover draw in Wyoming, which I think this may be the first year that they did it, um, normally it just was like all everything was released over the counter after that, I think. I may be getting that mixed up with Colorado. But either way, he called uh, the Wyoming Fishing Game and was like, hey, just to confirm, if I apply for the leftover drawing, will I, lo- will I use my existing preference points? And they said no. And which is pretty rad because it's kind of a, I guess it's not a way to circumvent the system, but it's like a loophole. Yeah. So the, the tag that was left was, so a zone we normally hunt, it was like across the highway, the next zone over, but it was private land only. But when we go down there, we hunt a mix of public and private and the, the gentleman's ranch we hunt on also has a piece of property on that side of the, uh, the highway as well. So uh we were decided to put in for that last minute so that's how we missed the whole coordination piece because you guys had actually already drawn by the time that we were but both of ours were leftover tags you guys drew leftover tags Mm -hmm. too yeah huh okay and but his came like a week before mine did yeah that yeah it's another reason i thought yeah that it was mine my tag came first uh, and then hers came right after so but they were both leftovers. Hmm, it's weird. Yeah, I don't understand. It made the already confusing part of not knowing what to do more confusing because I did we didn't know how we did it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know the the whole drawing thing, like putting for the primary. So next year, I think pr- we're going to put in for the primary draw, but in a different zone too that we've kind of scoped out. That we're also going to put in for mule deer. Um, that we went to last year for mule deer. And there was some great pronghorn there. But, all right, so planning. Uh, what what type of planning? We were talking landowner location for you guys. What? How did that play out? It was kind of just getting to the point that we had decided that we were just going to public land hunt because trying to call the game warden in that county uh, was impossible. And I hate saying that. I, I, have, it, I have his number. <laughs> I have his number. I have both of their numbers. He just didn't answer or return phone calls. <laughs> he he finally did, but by that point, I'd already had my questions answered by the biologist. Mm-hmm. And when I called her, because very want to be by the rules, never hunted in Wyoming, so I was like, all right, I've read the regulations front to back and pretty good at reading regulations, and I'm still just like not 100% sure. And both of their voicemails, both the, the wardens and the biologists said, hey, we don't know anybody that has you know, land that they want hunters right now. But when I called her, I was just like, I know your voicemail said this. And it was after I talked to her for about half an hour. And I was like, do you happen to know anybody? She was like, actually, as a matter of fact, I got a number from, you know, I got a name and a number last week. She was like, I'll give it to you. And called the dude, like, super nice. And I thought he was kind of, I don't know the word I'm trying to think of, but... He asked me, he was like, when I was asking him about the trespass fees, he was like, what do you think's fair? And I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, okay. Twenty-five is fair. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fair. All right. That's, I said, you know, honestly, we've never hunted there. I said, we have some friends that have hunted there and this is what they pay. I was like, I literally have no idea if that's high or low. He's like. No, I think I could probably get $50 more than that, but that's that seems fair. 
And so <laughs> we got to pay a little bit less because of y'all. Yeah. When I would have had no. no clue what to say, like $20. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I'm thinking like 500 more, yeah. but okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had reached out on social media to just my old military contacts, anybody living this part of Wyoming, you know, hit me up. Anybody's got family there, hit me up. And we have, we tried everything. We, Wyoming DIY hunting Facebook page. Yep. Had nothing. <laughs> we tried re- looking on Onyx, base map, mm-hmm. couldn't find any landowner information oh, at all. What was that one website that you could like pay for information? It was the county. I don't know. It was I, something Wyoming County. I literally something. called every number that was in our zone and nobody, like most of them weren't even outfitters anymore or knew nothing. Huh. Like, yeah. But you found a place to go. We did. Yep. Yep, that guy. And then you... So the biologist, the guy that the biologist recommended end up being... The guy that he was talking to, or that Emily was talking to, super, super cool guy. Um, we drove up through a snowstorm. They had a massive snow, like, just bad storm come in a week before we got there and then the night we got there. But we rolled up to this guy's place, and he walks out wearing... Cryptech and Black Rifle coffee shirts and hats, and I was like, I already enjoy this. I already enjoy our friendship. Like, we're going to be friends immediately. Um, super, super nice guy, and kind of gave us a tour of his place, and he goes, well, I've got to go to work. You guys have fun. I'll, you know, have fun today. Text me pictures or whatever. And that was it. And, yeah, lock uh, the gate. Nice. Yeah, lock the gate when you leave. Um, That's cool. So there was snow on the ground when we got there. We started hunting at 8 a.m., went and sat, moved around several different places, and hunted until 1 p.m. And we had drove through from Oklahoma the night before, and we were just exhausted. We hadn't seen anything. The snow was starting to melt, and our place that we were staying was an hour from there. It was like, let's just leave. We haven't seen anything. Let's just leave, hit some public land on the way back, and then go get some food because we haven't ate since breakfast. Yeah, and breakfast was... We, I mean, essentially hadn't really eaten since Oklahoma nor slept. Yeah. You know, the Let, day before. Let's go scout some public on the way back to the Airbnb and then crash, take a siesta, and then come back out in the evening. And so we leave there, and we're two miles from the place that we had just spent half a day on. And I was like, hey, there's a bunch of antelope on the side of the road. <laughs> like, look look over there, Ryan. There's the antelope right, we, that we, we were looking for. We had got on for. the road and <laughs> took off all of our camo, put on my driving clothes again. Three minutes later, we saw 200 antelope. Oh, it was probably not 200. That's a little bit of an example. It might have been 150. I tell you, though, the, the herds compared to, like, last year and the year before, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but, like, the herds were plussed up this year. Like, they they were good numbers. Yeah, especially that one that uh, that you took your doe from that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. We, you'd, you'd walk that whole property and, and somehow, <laughs> like, I don't know, how many was it? Like, yeah. 40 or 50 just came out of nowhere? It must have been a ton. I'll, I'll tell that story in a minute. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> there was, there was so many, right. like, on, on camera. I've got it on wide angle, and there are antelope from the left side of the frame, 300 yards to the right to the right side of the frame nice a mixture of laying laying down feeding walking around uh, i mean they were just the problem was they were literally well you, you need to start you need to back up a little oh, bit okay if we Rewind. saw the antelope and then what happened well i'm just saying oh, yeah. when we saw them they, they were literally like they're 20 yards from the fence like we're on the highway uh-huh. there's the fence they start 20 yards from the fence and then go inwards 
Um, and so I just look and I'm like, I don't know why. I just look up and I saw this old farmhouse up on the hill. Like it looked like it was the same property, you know. There was not, there wasn't really a fence separate. It was one little barbed wire fence, but so I turn the corner and I drive up the hill and she kind of looks at me, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm gonna knock on the door, see what happens." And um, long, long driveway, go all the way up there. There's dogs like descending on the truck, farm dogs, you know, and they're coming in from everywhere. And I go up and there's a like an old farm truck and like this beat up old car, and that was it. I'm like, "Ah, oh, no one's gonna be home." And the snow had started to melt, so everything was crazy muddy already. And went up and knocked on the door, and to my surprise, I hear the rustling of an old wooden floor, you know, back inside the house. And I'm like, sweet. And the, the inside door opens, and there's the screen door blocking us, and it's an elderly gentleman. And he tries to open the door, but his screen door is stuck. He can't get the door open. And it's one of these old screen doors that has, like, a little slider window right in the front of it. Mm-hmm. So he cracks the window about four inches and puts his head down. He's like, can I help you? I said, well, I hope so. I kind of told him the story, told him who we are, where we're from. I said, we got two doe tags, and you've got about 100 antelope on your property down there. Can we go shoot a couple? And he, his attitude changed. He goes, there's there's antelope on my property? I said, I think so, sir. If they're right there, they're not. And he said, they're not to that other road. And I said, no, they're right there. And he goes, go kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're sure? He goes, absolutely, go kill them. And he said, I'm sorry, I can't get my door open. <laughs> like, no, you're fine. We're going to go. We're going to go shoot a couple antelope, and we'll be back, I think. Um, so it was really wild. I got back in the truck, and everybody's like, so? And I'm like, oh, we're going to go shoot a couple antelope, I think. And told her story, and the guy's staring out, like, out the little crack of the window still. And we drove down the hill and went, and now we're trying to find a place to park, because it is literally off the side of the highway. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, this is going to seem sketchy. Anyway, so we just, we find, we, we drive past them three or four times to try to get a, a good vantage point. The problem is, they're on the low part of the, the highway's the low ground, and a thousand yards to the south is the high ground and there's nothing in between Wyoming. Right. So there's no plateaus Mm -hmm. to get on. There's no ridges. There's no nothing. It's just flat, completely flat, except off to the, I guess the West. Anyway, so we parked the truck and put all our camo back on. I get to take my driving clothes off and (laughs) load up the rifles and stuff. And I said, let's just cross this fence and, and head to the South and try to get a little bit of elevation on them, I guess. Like, when I say a little bit, I mean, like, two feet of elevation. And But when we did that, we once we kind of got up to this fence line, we looked over, and we were shooting towards the highway. We, we couldn't do that. And plus, they, you know, a hundred of them were staring at us. And we're like, okay, this isn't going to work. And we were probably at that point 300-ish yards or 400 yards. And so we made the decision to walk back towards the highway hop this little fence which put us in about eight inches of melting ice water and mm. we had our crispies on um and we literally stalked against the barbed wire fence against the side of the highway so oh yeah imagine you're in bright orange and there's semis passing you and but you're trying to be sneaky yeah i felt no, re- no, it, it it's it's totally a thing i felt ridiculous <laughs> i was like any minute some guy's it was gonna, like somebody's gonna honk their someone's gonna come like, wah, wah, wah. i was like we're not in southeast oklahoma <laughs> you know there's Cars passing 15 feet away, and I'm I'm belly crawling, not belly crawling at that point, but we're we're looks you know carefully stalking against this barbed wire fence. So we finally get up to a point where I think we can both take a shot because we were going to try to do a command shot where we could both shoot at the same time and get it all on camera. That was another big thing. That wasn't going to happen. And 
she could see, you know, she could see her dough. I couldn't see mine. Um, and then trying to get the camera on at the same time, it was just a nightmare. Then they would change. It's like dope is changing constantly on the guns, and it was like this is not going to work. We're just going to have to shoot one at a time because this is this yeah. is a nightmare. And he was like, just go ahead and shoot. And I was like, no, I just I wanted to shoot together. He was like, no, I'd rather have one than none. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty good logic. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because we had we had this plan, and it's like now the plan's not working. But we kept bumping them. Because they were, I mean, they could see us. They, we kept bumping them because there was literally no, there's no duffelade to get behind. There was no high ground to get behind. It was just us. Sounds them. like though they were, they were pretty calm. They were. Yeah, they, they were. It was uh, crazy. But there were so many of them moving constantly. It was just really hard to hit for him to get, <clears throat> you know, dope on one, like the range on one. And get the range like, on hers and get the range on mine, get the camera on both. Yeah. And then they would both move. And then we start over and again. And then we'd be ar- we're literally arguing the entire time. <laughs> He's like, the one on the right. I'm like, which right? He's like, the far right. I was like, the one that's facing me? He was like, no, the one that's turned the other direction. I'm like, no, not that one. The one to the left of that. Well, which left? Like, which one's the buck? And I'm like, you know, the buck with the cheek patch. And he was like, I don't see a cheek patch. And I was like, what do you mean you don't see a cheek patch? <laughs> <laughs> so it, was, it was a mess. And then the whole time, I'm trying to film it. So finally, I was like, hey, you shoot. We'll film it. And so she finally... We, we find some that had bed down, they'd gotten up, and there was one that hadn't got up, and so it was still just kind of chilling. Um, and was like, what are y'all girls doing? I'm just going to lay here for a little bit. And so she was right at 420 yards and gave her dope on the grindle and this, this heart shot and elevator just kind of finished. She was already laying down, but finished dropping out, which is pretty pretty considerable shot considering the vital side was only about eight inches tall at that point, <laughs> laying mm-hmm. down. Nice. So she didn't move. I mean, she just laid there. I'm like, well, okay. And we expect them all kind of run off. And they, the whole herd ran. They at this point we kind of moved to a hill. They they ran up on top of the skyline, and I started to get on some. And right about then they crossed over the top of it. We're like, Ugh. yeah, because shooting suppressed. I don't know if it was because it was 400 yard shot or if it was because we were suppressed. They didn't get excited. I mean, they were like, hey, something's wrong. You know. Karen over there is not feeling well. Let's like kind of move on, but <laughs> they weren't. And I don't they know. Didn't if, freak out. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because she was you, she was laying down, so she didn't run. She just finished laying down. She just literally put her head down. And so I, t- I tell you, they they get really like they get squirrely and kind of like out of it when you shoot. Um, like I've two different scenarios. So like I've shot before and or someone else's shot and the herd runs to you. Like they don't know where the shot comes from. So they just run Mm -hmm. and it just happens to be in your direction. So I've had them close like a hundred yards and then I'll shoot for the second follow on shot. And then, uh, like this trip, um, our first night, AJ, we got on a herd, Jack put a stock on them. They bumped, uh, but AJ and I had looped around to the South and kind of set up for a longer range shot. And AJ took a shot at 500 and uh, I think, I don't know if he shot high or low, but um, missed the buck he was aiming at, but they kept coming. They just like, no, no, no. They kind of like, they ran maybe 50 yards and then just started walking again. But they continued to walk towards us to where they closed down to like, what, Jack, 340, 320? Yeah, well, he took his shot I think at was his final. I was, uh, I was out of the game because I put my hand in a cactus. Oh, yep, no. that's right. <laughs> yeah. Side note, I, side note, I did the same thing. Not probably not as bad as you did, but 
get into cactus? Yeah, we found cactus. You're initiated. That was horrible. It's the official Wyoming hunting cactus. I think we may have got it on camera. I think. Oh, oh, I want to see it's that. It's just cussing. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> I, was so, I was so mad at Wyoming right then at that moment. Those little cactuses are not forgiving either. No, and I know what I'd set. I think I'd set my big camera down, and I had reached back down to pick it up, and I just grabbed a handful of space when I did, and it was one of those jumpy. I call them jumping cactus right next to it. And I put my hand right uh-huh. in the center of it. Yeah. You know, you know where else you'll get cactus thorns too is uh, from the legs of the antelope when you like drag them out or carry yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Found one yep. that way. It wasn't. It was Which terrible, is, but. Which is weird because, I mean, I've never, like, autopsied the legs afterwards, but they, it doesn't seem to, like, bother. hurt them or yeah. bother them. Yeah. But, yeah, no, maybe just... she shot hers, and we, I was getting ready to put another shot on one up right on the ridge line. I was like, I don't know if I want to shoot on the ridge. I mean, I knew nothing was behind there, but. Because they were skyline. Yeah, they were right on the skyline. Anyway, mm-hmm. they busted off the top, and I was like, well, maybe, you know, that seems like a great big hill. We couldn't see what was behind it. Looked at the map, and it looked like it fell off after that. So I was like, let's just go up there. So we got up kind of towards the top, and it was on a power line, not a road, but just a line. And I kind of got on my knee- hands and knees and started crawling. Emily got behind me, and I looked over the hill thinking they were going to be six, seven, eight hundred yards, you know, gone. They were like at 300, like right there. And um, so we slow crawled up, and just one on the far right just kind of hanging out by herself. And I'm like, well, okay. I mean, it was a pretty easy shot. Um, she actually ran, I don't know, 50 yards or something, and then just tipped over and then i mean emily's was very easy to drag out because it was right almost on the road as you walked up this hill mine was over the top of the hill on the back side and we got turned around walking to it so we drug it like should have drug it in a straight line and we drug it like this d shape yeah if you look at our maps i downloaded our maps from my watch afterwards there's this giant like yeah it looks like we made a a d the letter d like a capital d and i was like what in the crap were we doing? It was like, this is not even the right direction. Like, we drug it like a mile and a half. Yeah. <laughs> it was so far. It was funny. But, yeah, and then uh, I went up and gave him his landowner tags and... Um, paid him a couple hundred bucks. Paid him a couple hundred. He didn't ask for it. We were, just, we were expecting to pay a trespass fee anyway, so... Nice. That might go a long way. Did that, and I said, hey, and after I paid him... By the way, do you mind if we skin these and quarter them up right here on the side of the road on your property? He said, no, go ahead. So nice. we had our Spintech uh, hoist right there on the side of the highway just whittling away at two antelope as the cars passed by. Yeah, I'm, re- awesome. I'm really surprised the game warden didn't show up. Us just cleaning two, two antelope, antelope roadside. On the, on the side of the road like that. I mean, it's, yeah, I think, I mean, outside of, like, the check station, I've only seen the wardens, like, driving around a couple times in Wyoming. Well, their like, counties are so big, too. I know there's yeah. a ton, and we were there during the week, so it could have been his day off or lots of factors involved, but mm-hmm. I would not have been sur- surprised if he had shown up. Yeah. Yeah. But I, f- I felt like even though the landowner hadn't asked for money, that that was the right and ethical thing to do because, like, I don't want the two non-residents first-timing in Wyoming to be the jerks that didn't pay their trespass fees because the neighbor next door didn't say anything about it. And I was like, they probably talk. Regardless, we need to do this because dealing with, I'm sure, non-residents all the time is a pain in the butt. So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I know there's definitely, like, 
supports an industry around it. Like a lot of those towns are very friendly to hunters. Dude, everybody that we met was super friendly. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. the people who ran the Airbnb, the people we went to the bar with, like the, they were just. Oh, uh, yeah. We went to local watering hole a couple nights just for. We're so great. It's like, it was like going to the state fair. It was amazing. I had a great time. Um, and they actually had signs that said, welcome hunters. Yeah, it was neat. In there. But what we found ourselves with after, at the end of that very, very long day, because to me, the day had started the day before in Oklahoma, because we still hadn't slept, really, or eaten. Oh, yeah. Or anything. I and, did almost pass out. Yeah, her blood sugar dropped out. Um, oh, geez. We still yeah. hadn't made it to our Airbnb. Like, our suitcases were still in the bed of the truck. And now we have two dead antelope in a freezer. Um, and so, and that was day one of five. I'm like, well, we can't get our money back on the Airbnb, so now we start our four-day or five-day vacation. Uh, Which was like the best thing ever. <laughs> there was no pressure at that point. It was just like, let's sleep in, let's hang out. Uh, let's find something else to go hunt. I mean, it was great. So did did you find something else to go hunt? We did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we did. So day... Three. Three. Because uh, we did B-roll footage on day two. Yeah, we which shot- is what's messed me up on day three yep so we went out and shot some footage for the channel on day two um, did some reviews over some gear that we had taken uh, found a really cool piece of property and it was beautiful and then hung out that night with the locals and then day three we looked up all right called the i called wyoming fishing game and i said what tags are available for non-residents period and she said she looked and she said there are 1700 white tail doe and fawn tags left i said okay for what area and she told us and i said okay and it was a completely different zone, completely different area. So we called the original guy who we were going to hunt with that morning and said, hey, do you know anybody in this zone? Actually, yep, I got a friend up there. Let me make a phone call. Makes a phone call, calls back, says, hey, yep, he's got a bunch of winter wheat up there, and he's got whitetails all over it in the evenings. And you guys are welcome to go up there. Mind you, it's two hours southwest of us. Yes, two hours away. Which... Well, I later found out that's where we, the zone we normally hunt at. Oh, really? Which if you, oh, R- Ryan didn't tell you this, but yeah, if uh, if you would have called me, I could have put you on some <laughs> some land. <laughs> and public land, too. Yeah. Because there's public land I've shot whitetail off of. Nice. Nice. Yeah, this guy's got, yeah, I got a bunch of winter wheat, and he goes, I forgot what he said, but he's like, I'm looking at 20 right now, and I don't, I might be making the 20 up, but he's, I'm looking at a bunch of whitetails right now, and this was like the day before we went. Okay, so, I mean, we got a lot of whitetails here in Oklahoma, but we're in Wyoming, and there's tags to burn, and we have two more days left, so why not? So we drove the two hours. Vacation's out. Yeah, vacation's <laughs> out. We're, we're driving two hours away. Yeah, to I go. could really give a, a crap to shoot a whitetail in Wyoming, but... Yeah, yeah. Because as I as I recollect, let me roll this let me roll this conversation back a few podcast episodes when we were talking about actually not even a podcast episode. This was an executive board meeting where we were talking about shooting whitetails in the West. I don't I don't care. I don't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to do this. I was more than happy to sit in the Airbnb and drink the local beer. But no, Ryan wants to go shoot whitetail where we have seventy in our backyard at home in Wyoming. But it's okay. We can go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go spend money, spend time sitting underneath an irrigation. irrigation pipe in a field it was in, beautiful. in Wyoming. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then I missed. So Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know this. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, complete oh. like. I, I did not miss. 
<laughs> no, I can. Right. I completely messed Let's, up. We were doing the B roll. Hang, hang on, he what? wants. To... Oh, sorry. I want to hear the. I want to hear the whole story. You got mm-hmm. like. All right, irrigation. There. there was deer. Thing. I missed. Nobody wanted to have whitetail in Wyoming. <laughs> oh wait, that was just. <laughs> okay, so. I'll let you. I'll let you explain the day before real quick what we were showing and then how that led to me hitting mine the next day. I'm about to be a domestic on this <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> no, we go out. So I had shot my antelope the day before at 420 yards and I'm fairly unfamiliar <coughs> with the scope that's on the gun that I'm shooting. And so I, when we're doing this B roll footage, I want my elevation turret at zero and so, looking over the top of it, I put my elevation turret at zero. It is not at zero. Okay. But I think it's at zero. It's at zero, but one, full, zero. one full rev up. Yeah, it's at zero, but it's a whole revolution around at zero. It's not at zero stop, zero. So, she's basically shooting 12 minutes at that point, which is... Because I was shooting an MRAD instead of MOA, so... Anyway, she's dialed in for about 1,100 yards, essentially. Long ways, <laughs> little ways. Okay, I was like, I know what any of this means. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we go out there. He's had all these white. T- when we get there, we actually see some antelope on the property, and I was like, heck, if we draw this zone, there's literally antelope on his property. I think right I sent here. you that video of that antelope at like 15 yards, and you were yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I'm just standing there. I could have thrown my. Yeah, you were like silly antelope, and I was like, wait till you see it try to cross the fence. Yeah. Just wait. Did you guys ever see one try to cross the fence? I don't remember if I watched it cross or not. It ran up and down the fence for 10 minutes as we were walking. Oh, yeah. So, uh, antelope don't jump jump, fences. No, they can. I've seen them. No, they don't really. Yeah. They're just lazy. I don't remember how it crossed, but yeah, for a. I mean, it took maybe close to 10 minutes for us to walk to this irrigation pipe trailer. It was running up and down the fence the whole time. I've seen, uh, I've seen, it's the most hilarious thing ever. I feel bad. Good thing antelope don't listen to this podcast. But um, they like farmers will not put a bottom barbed wire on there, yeah, uh, and so it'll go to the third one, and they'll like like crawl underneath it. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest. Yeah. It's so awkward looking. Um, they'll like shuffle, just shuffle underneath it. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, no. So it its whole family was over there. But yeah. So we got there. So Emily had put up one full rev up for the sake of this video. And when we left from filming, she never put it all the way back around to the zero stop on the elevation. No, I looked over the top of it, and, yeah. and I was I went the wrong direction. It wasn't for the sake of the video. It was my dumb... <laughs> Not paying attention and looking behind the gun like I was supposed yeah. to. Yeah. yeah, and it was just me being lazy is what happened. Yeah, so we get there, and we set up, and it was actually... I mean, it was gorgeous. Um, you look at our Instagram, we got a couple pictures of it. It's super pretty, really, really bright green winter wheat. And man, about five thirty ish, uh, the deer started pouring in and it was, they were, they came in a string. It was a, a lot, lot of whitetail. Um, they were, we probably saw over 20 or 25 whitetail that night. There was probably 10 on the field or around the field when we shot, but put the cameras out, had, had a, had mine was right at 300 yards, I think. Um, I forgot what hers was at. It two, doesn't matter. Two something. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and it was 15,000. Yeah, it, really, it was more like 15,000. <laughs> if we'd have been at 1,200 yards, you made a dang good shot. Um, 
But anyway, so we had this perfect. I mean, if you, if you watch the footage and it's in the video, but it'll it's it was three, two, one, and then two like simul so simultaneous suppressed shots. Boom! Command fire couldn't have been any better. And just one real loud thump. And Ryan was like, "You hit it?" I was like, "Nope." <laughs> Elevator just drops out of mine. Neck shot her. She just falls on I the was ground. Like, Don't know how that happened. Hers is like. Doing, 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 and like doing, looking doing, around, doing. and I was like, mm, "Now, nope, completely missed. Don't know how that happened." And he was like, "There's one over to the right." So I look over. This deer is like 125 yards. Like I literally could throw my gun at it. So I dialed down my turret to, you know, zero more or less at that point, and shoot again. And it was like, "Airball!" And Ron's like, "I was like, and on the video, I was like, what is happening?" And I was like, he jumped up and he was like, your turret, your turret. And I'm like, what? It's on what it's supposed to be on. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. And I reach I over like, and I take her turret and go. <laughs> all the way back to zero. And, and I was like, there's a zero stop on this stupid scope. And he was like, yeah, you didn't know that. And I was like, this is literally the second time I've used a scope, Ryan. It was good. Oh, God. So mad. I was, I was mad the rest of the night, the entire night, just cutting deer his deer, not my deer, just cutting deer up and he had to take me back and take me to the bar because I was mad. <laughs> Cold two-hour drive home. I just, throw, just total temper tantrum. Just talked about how good my shot was. Uh, how my deer didn't run anywhere. Reliving anymore. the glory days. You're like, it's great. I was out the there. Net, so I didn't even move. And he was like, oh, I just dropped it like mic drop. He was like, you're in the next county. <laughs> I mean. Uh, it was just... Uh, it was lessons learned. We teach long range. And so, like, making that mistake just really got under my skin. I'm still not over it. Because yep. I shouldn't have made that mistake. It was literally 101 long range shooting. Make sure that so you I, I, return to I just the got game. an email. Uh, I just got an email from the game warden in Wyoming. And uh, he said that he wants to talk to you about shooting a deer in the next county. <laughs> That's right. Zone 2 had a, had a deer shot. It looked like it came from Zone 3. <laughs> Uh, he's, he's questioning about this tag you have. Yeah, the unfilled one. You can take it. It's all right. I mean, I have, I have an unfilled tag this year from, well, not filled yet tag from Wyoming. I'll say that. At least it was a white tail and it wasn't our right. antelope. At least we filled our antelope tags first yeah. day. So Yeah, that's, what no, no, that's good. Like, well, at least we did that. And I was like, no, I should have made this mistake. This is so stupid. I should know better. But... but. Regardless. But, so, o overall, how was your trip? First time hunting awesome. in Wyoming. Awesome, awesome. Um, I was a little unsure with the Airbnb when we first got there. Had a couple little hiccups. Um, but the family that ran it ended up being, like, very, very cool. Um, kind of laid to rest my my uh, uneasiness about it. And they ended up actually some pretty good friends. And um, they took us out a couple nights and hung out with them and... Now we're texting back and forth. Now we got a place to stay next year. If you want to go nice. more Croft. Oh, which ends up only being 45 minutes from Devil's Tower, which neither one of us had been to. So we got up the next morning after Ryan killed his deer, and I missed mine, and processed his deer because we brought our vacuum sealer with us. And then after we did that, we drove up to Devil's Tower and did a little, little hike, little, little sightseeing. Yeah. Nice. So it's nice. I haven't been up there yet. If you have to, uh, you've already heard Emily's rendition of of her mistake, but it's also she has a little cameo 
of her own in the video where she explains exactly what happened. So for those out there that are getting into long-range shooting, there's a couple of basic rules you need to remember. This is one of them. So they they happen, though. Mistakes happen. So you got to own up to them and just not do them again. I will say sh- shooting-wise, um, I'm pretty stoked because we zeroed my scope, my sideways scope, yeah. in, in, uh, in, in Oregon, <laughs> and it held true. Jack and I went out the Saturday before we left here, and uh, I was shooting like a quarter inch high at 100 on, uh, <laughs> on, on the range here, and then uh, I had no problem Good. Uh, reaching out. Yeah. Not, no, no, we still need to, we still need to spin that, that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll get around. I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till the hunting season is over. Cause it's on now and oh. I don't want to mess with it's literally like having like the window in your car. When you press up, it goes down and when you press the brake, it goes, but if, you, if yeah. you just learn to drive that way, you're just, you're just good. We'll call it uh, I don't know. You can't even say Kentucky windage. I don't even know what kind. Of <laughs> I don't even know what your windage turret is. It's like the Bermuda Triangle no. of scopes right now. It's like AJ's like, oh well, you gotta you know use your MOA on it. I was like, it's sideways. <laughs> I was like, I'll just take a guess. He's like, yeah, you better use inches. I was like, yeah, we'll just go for it. Oh no, that's great. Well, so I, I recapped uh, our initial part. So when we got up there, the first night, um, we we essentially got there with, oh, what, uh, Jack, an hour and a half before shooting light was done. Yep. Um, and we got on the, on the ranch and found a herd, and they were not in a great spot. So we had to go to this, like, what I would say long, not compared to the next day long, but uh, a less than ideal stock that we put on them, um, to which we split up. Jack explained his cactus mishap, uh, which you were probably, what, 200 yards? Um, yeah, at first I didn't have a shot on them. Uh, they were too far, and I was shooting uh, pretty much at, like through the sage grass. So I uh, I'd kind of pulled back. I didn't realize you guys had a shot. So I just, I just stood up and started walking away. And you guys weren't following, so I was like, "Okay, I'll get back down," and I stayed hidden. Yeah. And then, uh, so when they bumped towards we, you guys, we, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we positioned kind of in a way because I figured they would bump that way because the back fence was there, and I knew they couldn't unless there was a spot in the fence. I knew they couldn't get through it. Uh, so we tried to like work as close. The terrain back there, uh, kind of what you guys ran into, was very flat. There were a couple like little gullies but it, it really wasn't ideal so you just kind of got to a spot and you just had to like sit there so like i said aj made a 500 yard shot uh <laughs> shot high or low and then made a follow-on shot at 325 or 350 whatever it was made contact it like he literally that buck just dropped so good hit uh he was constantly like adjusting uh where he was shooting and i was working the app that we had as far as like uh, windage and distance and i was ranging the the herd and then that was like he literally shot probably 10 minutes before shooting light the herd after he shot twice was still coming towards us and it was at uh i think 225 but i was i had a doe tag in which if you've ever hunted antelope the the only really definitive part between uh, a, a buck and a doe outside of the horns uh, are their black face or 
brown splotches behind the cheeks. It's a, and so it, the black cheek patch is what makes the difference in a doe and a buck because yep. does can have horns like bucks. Yep. Yep. And actually all the doe I've shot have had horns. Actually this one, I, well, I'll save this part of the story for later, but, um, I couldn't, I was having trouble discerning the, <clears throat> the, the cheek spots and the fat, the mask. Um, so, uh, I decided just to wait cause it was too dark and I was like, I'm not going to take a shot. It would have been an easy shot, but I waited. So, uh, we dragged AJ's out literally the farthest point in the entire property to drag this <laughs> buck out. Um, we were following, but we made it. We swapped out following the stars Go to ahead. the back of the road. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were like, uh, our phones were running low cause it was the end of the day. So we we're like, all right, there's a star over there. We'll just keep going that way. <laughs> Um, but we made, made it out. No big deal. And we actually, we, it was cold enough that night. We just held onto it in the back of the truck, uh, went back to our hotel, uh, unloaded. And the next morning we're like, all right, we'll run back out. We'll make one pass, uh, at, uh, by the ranch, see what we see. If we find a herd, we'll go in stock, you know, shoot and then, you know, go up, uh, cause both Jack and AJ are traveling. So they did, uh, take stuff to the processor and they process it while we're still hunting and freeze it. Um, so did that that morning and Jack, I'll let you tell the story. So what do you mean? You like took the meat to a processor and had them freeze it so you could bring it home or you just had them process no. it while you were there. So you literally, <clears throat> you just roll up with your, your gutted antelope. Mm-hmm. And uh, drop it off at the processor, and they will skin it and process it, like, per your whatever liking, and they hard freeze it so that when you pick it up, like, three or four days later or at the end of your hunt, oh. uh, it's fully frozen. So they're, like, doing a rush on it. Uh, no, that's their standard time. They'll do a 24-hour rush, oh. but, like, three days is their norm. Really? That's cool. And they like wow. they crank through game. They yeah. do a great job. We've used them several years. Uh, I've used them. Um, I mean, I've traveled with them. AJ's dad last year had his stuff shipped back to Pennsylvania. Wow. Like they they do they do pretty good job. But uh, Jack, I'll let you tell your story. Yeah. So we start. <laughs> we got up early early the next morning, right, to get out there and uh, within by early it's like fifteen minutes before sunrise. Okay. That's yeah. early. Early for me, coming from Hawaii. Still jet light. Um, we get out there and uh, we do the typical, you know, drive by on the road, see what we can see, and uh, we do spot a uh, pretty good herd. <clears throat> so we drove by like three or four times trying to just find a, a spot where we could park and not have them see us. Like you, you guys had that same problem. So we ended up, on, um, so we ended up finding a spot down uh, in a gully, sort of near a, a water source. We thought they might be working towards. Uh, hopped out of the truck, started the stock from there and, and just kind of followed, followed the gully in, staying hidden. And then, um, you know, just got to that last ridge. We, we knew they were over the other side. Uh, Justin and I kind of, we, we made the plan for the, the command shot and, and both started, you know, belly crawling over the, over the ridge through the sage. Um, ended up coming on that. I think we, we think it was the same herd from the night before. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw there were there were two buck. I had a buck tag, you had the doe tag, and so I saw two buck, and and I just kind of, you know, picked picked the which one, which one I liked the like more than the other, and and um, we both kind of had very small windows between the sage of like where to take the shot. Uh, you ended up 
just telling me to to go ahead and take the shot. I don't think you had. A- yeah, I I couldn't get I couldn't get lined up on one. Uh, the sage was in my way. I was just like, I was not not having a good shot lineup. So I told him I was like, if you have a shot, just take it. Like, don't wait on me. Um, and yeah, so it uh, it just kind of lined up the uh, the doe I was wa- or the uh, the buck I was watching just kind of wandered into my my little window of sage grass. And the blah Yeah, stopped to stop for the <laughs> little bite to eat, and uh, yeah, sat right down. Yeah, that was it. And then <laughs> you're like, good, good story, Jack. Moving on. Yeah, no, no. I mean, that was, so yeah, so this that was, was literally it. And this was uh, like at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah. And oh so, wow. Yeah. Uh, AJ and I already already done. So Justin's the last guy with a tag. Yep. With the dough tag, which is usually the easier to fill. Mm-hmm. And now we've got two bucks down, and I've got my dough. And I watched this herd who I think – who who I'm in, in the very proper mindset to believe that this is the only herd on, uh, on the property. So uh, I, I kind of start following after them. Like they're moving slow, but they're still kind of weary. And then they get probably a quarter mile from where – he had shot and they like topped over a ridge and I was like, there's no way I'm going to catch up with them. So AJ had tracked with me along for that. And then Jack kind of like stayed behind to check on his buck. And then Jack comes up like carrying my, like my pack. I have two portions. I have like a large part of the pack and I have a small part of the pack, which is like carries my water and snacks and like processing stuff. And, um, so Jack brought that up for me and I literally just threw that on and I was like, AJ, you know, can you help, help jack do the buck you guys just give me a little bit let me see if i can catch up with the herd so i ended up going we were like if you divided if you divided the property up north to south into quarters we were in like the third quarter from the north so um at that point I ended up trailing the herd all the way to the very far north part. And this is probably, I think, end to end, Jack, would you say probably three to four miles lengthways is the property? Yeah, it's very very long property. Yeah, long and kind of skinny. Yeah. So I, I worked my way following the herd, trying not to spook them, but trying to stay in a reasonable spot I could see them. And I got back up to literally the spot where AJ had shot his the night before, and the ground was – the terrain was not cooperative, and I couldn't get within 500 yards. So I ended up having to work almost halfway back, so probably a mile back, and then a half mile over and around, and I came over them on top of a ridge. And did you guys run into prairie dogs while you were there? Where we were whitetail hunting, yes. Yeah, they had a bunch of them. But not very yeah, antelope so hunting. The, the prairie dogs are very alerting, and I, I think the antelope are just very synced up with the prairie dog yeah. activity because, like – the prairie dogs just like I walked through every prairie dog colony that day, um, <laughs> but in this in this particular moment when silence was of the essence, and I just like I knew where they were because I'd watched the antelope bed down, and so I worked back around to them, and I was probably 150 200 yards from where I knew they were gonna be, and I was working my way up this little ridge, and then all of a sudden I see like a doe head pop up like whoop, and I was like oh shh shoot <laughs> and uh in in between me and this doe on top of this little ridge is just like a, a 30 yard by 30 yard just prairie dog colony <laughs> nope nope even worse a bunch of like water puddles no. <laughs> and i was like i can't even drop down and like belly crawl 
to where I can close, like, you know, just a little bit of distance to where I'm, like, peeking over the ridge. Uh, so I backed out a little bit again and went down, like, 100 yards and up and over. And by that time, when I kind of popped up over the ridge a little bit to see, she was standing up. And uh, she was, like, standing up alert. I could tell the hair on the back of her neck was standing up. Like, so they knew something was up. The prairie dogs are going crazy. Like... <laughs> I'm like, this is great. So uh, I make like an an unrested shot. I don't know the technical term. Unrested shot. What does that there we go. Mean? Shoot. <laughs> it was unsupported. There we go. That's the no, technical term. Thank you, Ryan. We were also unrested when we took our shot. We've been traveling a lot. I wanted to hear what unrested oh. was. <laughs> unrested. It's without a rest. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I had I have a I have a bipod on my rifle, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get down in a good position to in shoot uh, because in my, in the puddle. No, I was out of the puddles this oh. time, but I refused prior to that. I refused to crawl through the puddles. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to crawl through the puddles, which is good because so shooting, uh, unsupported, uh, I shot over the back of her. Um, oh. yeah, I was pretty bummed. Um, but so this, the herd just like erupts at this point and, uh, I, I think I pushed them now to the far south part of the property. So we're, we're going back. I literally made a big giant figure eight of the whole property. So I walk all the way back down and like chase them up a couple ridges. And then I get to a spot where I just lose them. And I'm like, well, okay. Luckily it was muddy enough just cause like when you guys were up there, it had rained and mm-hmm. snowed and the ground was still pretty muddy. Uh, I found their tracks and I tracked them for a ways. And then at this point, I think, AJ and Jack had already peeled off for like an hour and were up at the processor. And so I was just kind of down on there. They dropped my, the rest of my pack that had my food in it, um, which I never ended up going back to because I just kind of spent my time chasing this herd. And I kept like, you know, sometimes, well, you guys may not know this because you're top notch ace, ace in the hole shooters, but you, you always second guess your, <laughs> you second guess your shot. And I was just like, there was one point when I shot that the herd like ran around and I missed a little window where they went behind uh, a ridge. And um, they essentially like, I thought I could have went back and found them. So I popped up over the ridge. This is after walking the whole ranch and determining they weren't going to be there. I, I was like popped up over this ridge and there's like an antelope there. And I'm like, oh, there's my antelope. <laughs> And uh, and then I get closer, and I'm like, that antelope's got horns. I was like, God, I hope that's not mine. <laughs> and then I really start to doubt myself. And then I get closer, and I'm like, ooh, that antelope does not look good. So in my wanderings that day, this was the second antelope that I'd found that was, like, completely dead and, like, fur coming off of it. Big, big, like, bucks. Um Later found out there's, like, some bacteria in the water that, depending on the time of year, it freezes. They get, like, uh, basically, it's called, I think they call it, what was it, Jack? Blue, blue tongue, tongue, right? Yep. Blue tongue. They get blue yeah. tongue like deer do. Yep. Hmm. Yep. And so they said from the pond water, if it doesn't freeze early enough in the year, that they get mm-hmm. it. So, And so that explained the two that I'd seen that were, like, nice size antelope, but just completely dead. Uh, I also thought that it was weird because they were both in, within proximity of prairie dog colonies that, and there's lots of diseases dog, there. Yeah. Like bubonic plague. And I'd walked through all of them. I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see fleas on you? 
Yeah. Makes me itch though. But uh either way, so uh no luck there. Uh AJ and Jack at that point had come back, brought me lunch, and we were like eating a cheeseburger and we we're cruising. Uh we decided to go like check out the southern part of the the ranch. There was like you know, like I said, that bottom quarter I hadn't been to yet. It's very hilly down there. Lots of draws. Really good for approaches and stocks. But up perched on top of one of these knolls were, was that antelope herd. And I was like, oh, great. Well, there they are. So we, we dropped back in near the road. Um, they saw us and spooked. Uh, but I was like, Jack, hold on, because I don't know where they're going to go. And they could either go in front of us back to the north, back towards the northern part of the property, which is what I wanted, uh, the southern part of the property they weren't going to go to because there was like mountains there. And then we cross up this little knoll and a doe meets me at like 50 yards. But I had, I made a, I'm, I guess it's a rookie shooting mistake. I had my scope zoomed in all the way to 12. So I like, I couldn't find the antelope <laughs> in the scope. I'm like looking out the side of my scope trying to find it. And within this like 15 second window, she's like, nope, I'm done. And that's when Jack said, we see the like, the herd of 40 antelope come like around this corner, drop down. They get what, Jack, 300 yards? And they're very like hesitant. This is not the same herd, by the way. We didn't even know this herd was on the property at this point or until this point. And they're just kind of like slowly moving. So I'm like, all right, we'll get set up. We'll see if we can draw them in closer. And we had talked about earlier, and I don't know if you guys have heard of this trick before, but you ever heard of people waving yeah, like white a white flag. game bag? Yep. 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 So in that time with the antelope 30 yards away, the only thing, the only that thing dog? that we had that was white. <laughs> yeah. Jack's dog. <laughs> the only thing that we had was white. My, my sweatshirt, my fleece, uh, that I had the inside of it was white. So like I took off my bino harness. I took off my pack. I like took off my sweatshirt. I tossed it to Jack and he like held it up and waved it and then just held it there. And the antelope stopped at 300. And then the antelope turned and started walking towards us and they closed another 200 yards uh or no sorry another 100 yards and then i took uh i took the the lead antelope doe at 250 nice. like but the 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 white flag trick which i only ever heard about worked, huh? uh actually worked yeah. yeah they were like oh what's that over there must be another antelope i'll go check it out karen karen. <laughs> <laughs> karen we thought we lost you to the blue tongue welcome back <laughs> Kablam! <laughs> Kablam! And this is how we're getting defunded. It's <laughs> great. No, it's okay. People, people pay more to hear oh, us. Okay. <laughs> um, no, so that was good, and and uh, it, it wasn't too far a pack out for me. So we saved all three hearts from the antelope, which I have here, and then the liver off my dough, which uh, I'm, I'm trying. So I did soak it in a hotel room in water. <laughs> As a precursor, I've already initiated the soaking process, in, so in it's going to go through several of phases of soaking. Room? Yeah, in the sink. Yeah, they had a nice I one. Bet they love that. <laughs> All right. Well, the the one we stay at there in the town where we antelope hunt, it, we don't do anything there except for a couple of years. I've forgotten hearts and livers in the freezer. Oh yeah, you told me about many Oh fridges. yeah. <laughs> call me like, hey, uh, you forgot these, and and the guy that we hunt on his land, I was just like, give it to him, and he takes them and eats them. But uh, no, we were so we elk hunted after this, which was unfortunately unsuccessful. I'll tell that story at another time. But um, 
we did give it a lot of good tries. Just kind of the wrong place or right place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. We always found well where the elk were, but never really when they were. And then we just ran out. Of Was time. it late? Season? But I still. No, it's super it's early. Okay. They 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 said the herds still haven't come down from the mountains okay. yet, and uh, we were kind of hunting a resident herd that lives on uh, on this one particular mountain, uh, and half of it's private, half of it's public, and it's got some weird access. But um, we ran into some some other hunters there, which was cool, and they're like, "Yeah, the herd was here like on Monday, and then today's Wednesday," and they're like, "On Monday we saw a guy like." Spookable, and so they're somewhere else on this mountain. So we made a couple other tries, and then uh, our last morning we made a really good approach across the creek. Used trash bags, contractor bags. We manned up, Jack. We did it. Yeah, up to our ankles. <laughs> yeah, only one person fell in the water, and it wasn't me. But I'm not going to say who. But his name starts with a J. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was batting 500. That's pretty good. (laughs) Out of two. (laughs) Um, No, but that last day we got up. And I tell you, so my my thoughts on whitetail in Wyoming and a lot I'd heard and a lot I'd seen is that they were pretty – pretty much stayed to the river bottoms and the the agriculture fields. I'll tell you that at 6,000 feet – on the side of a mountain, in two different fingers, we spooked herds of six or more whitetail. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, we were, we were like, on a river I, bottom on agricultural fields. <laughs> yeah, that's the perfect yeah, place. Yeah, it was. And there, we didn't see any muleys. It was just all whitetail and pronghorn and then the little family of prairie dogs. Yep. We actually, we saw, we only saw two muleys on the side of the mountain uh, two little forkies, and then that was the only mule as we saw. Everything else was whitetail. We saw some boomers coming yeah, back that night at nice. dark, driving. Oh yeah, I mean, and turkeys. We got to oh, see turkeys. Oh yeah, Emily found her turkey spot. Yeah, we found my turkeys. Literally right off the side oh, of the nice. road. I think one nice. one group is Merriam's and one group is Rio's. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Which I don't hmm. need the Rio's. I just need a Merriam. I need both. What? You, um, you haven't shot a, a Rio? Mm-mm. Yeah. I haven't shot a turkey. Hey. We, we have some people in Oklahoma. We could probably hook that up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else was I going to say? Oh, so the, the elk tag I have is a uh, off-forestry land, public land cow elk tag it's good through the end of december so i'm going to try to go back up to wyoming one more time yeah so i still got some time to fill that one um but yeah that was kind of like our so all in all our antelope collectively seven hours of hunting for antelope we filled three tags which is pretty good yeah that's That's a good good success rate yeah that's good yeah and I think the longest part of that was me just walking around the ranch. Like this, probably five <laughs> hours of that was just me walking. You did. You brought um, down the average pretty right? good. Yeah, I had a lot of time to reflect though, <laughs> so it's good. But we've got some really great things coming to Harvesting Nature in the spring of 2022 as a result. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, outside of that, uh, it was a good trip. I love Wyoming. It, it always holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, we're we're a fan, especially. Uh, 
I mean, that little town we stayed in, Moorcroft, was very welcoming. It was a cool little town. What I would picture a little small mountain town to be in Wyoming was exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. You could tell everybody knew yeah. each other. Very clean. Yeah, super clean. Um, yeah, I want to go Would back. you guys expect it to be dirty? No, it's just... Have you been to Southeast <laughs> Oklahoma? There you go. <laughs> I, I, was, I was born and raised there. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there. you know. That, was, oh, that yeah. was sarcasm. Usually go to small towns and it's... Mm, small towns. No, it was it, mm-hmm. it was funny. It was, we were it was we quaint. we were looking for a place to buy our antelope or sorry our whitetail tag, and I called the Wyoming Fishing Game and I'm like, hey, we're we we just need to buy these tags because if you buy them online, they mail them to you. Mm-hmm. And so we needed a physical place to go to, and she's like, yeah, there's this place called uh, Blackbeard Marina or whatever it was called, and we're like, oh, okay, or the Black Anchor Marina or something. We're like, oh, we'll have to look where that's at. And I'm literally standing in our Airbnb parking lot, looking up the address. And it was literally the building that owns the Airbnb that was right next to me, which I just hadn't, I hadn't oh, nice. looked at the front of the building yet. And I walked around and looked yeah, at it yeah. like, oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it was really cool. Yeah, we're definitely going to go back. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think we should do it together next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Like I said yeah. in our executive meeting that we should put in for hunts together. <laughs> yeah. If only we had a, a hunt coordinator. Fine. Yeah, fine. <laughs> um, good ideas get you work. <laughs> Sorry, that's breaking up here. I can't hear you anymore. <laughs> I can still see you just fine. You can. Um, <laughs> um, what was going to say? All right, so. I think overall, like good trips, both both had by both. Let's let's do a quick uh, last round. Jack, do you have any last thoughts on the trip? Uh, no, I think we covered it all. Um, we're gonna do another episode on uh, on elk. You think? No. Okay. <laughs> good talk. <laughs> and I'm gonna show. Good for talk. It. <laughs> no, uh, we we may talk about it in another episode, but I'll think about it. I I think that uh, so I'm still. I was telling you this, Jack, but I'm very much like in pursuit of elk. So I'm still sitting on a Colorado Plains elk tag and this Wyoming cow tag. So I'm really chasing redemption because after two trips now, I'm like elkless. I've still yet to see within the hunting season where I have an elk tag, an actual elk in the wild. So uh, I'm very much chasing redemption. So I feel if we are able to cap that off, then we'll probably do a full like – We'll bring everybody in. We'll bring all the people in, and we'll tell all the elk stories. Um, uh, but, yeah, until then, like, I, I think we summarized our, our trip there very minimally, so I'll save it. Plus, I got some good video footage uh, of that trip, um, so it'll be cool, even the creek crossing, although I didn't get you following the, the successful <laughs> creek crossing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, any, la- any, any other last comments besides your dog? <laughs> Finn's got something to say. Finley. He's getting restless. Oh. Uh, No, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. All right, Ryan, Emily. Um, Last thoughts. No, not really. Just just keep an eye out on our YouTube uh, channel for our video. We got a a ton of footage. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have two or three different videos actually come out of it. So that'll be fun. It was good. It was it was actually fairly relaxing. I'm not a morning person, so I was going to be really upset if we had to hunt mornings <laughs> and drive an hour from our yeah. Airbnb. So 
it's a good fr- it was a good freezer filler for us. I think mm-hmm. for someone that's looking to expand their big game hunting after you know where they're over there at Whitetail, I think antelopes kind of probably needs to be a go-to. It's it's relatively high success rate. Um, it gets you traveling a little bit, gets you learning about different tags in different states, and I think it's an attainable goal, not out of the reach for most. So I think that's maybe a just a stair step for someone that's looking to expand their big game horizons. It's kind of a good good one I think to aim for. Like Unlike elk or moose or something like that. Where there's a lot of odds yeah. against you. Yeah. Kind of gets you used to the, the drawing and the public versus private if you're not used to that. I know we're not used to that. So it was it was a good learning experience. We very, very much enjoyed it. Nice. Well, I'm good. I'm glad you guys had a good time, and I'm glad you're interested in going back again because it's, it's super fun. Yeah. I really – it's like one of my favorite hunts. Um one, I like the success, but two, I just like I like Wyoming. I like yep. the the plain side of Wyoming it's too. It's really cool. You guys have heard my thoughts on on kind of throughout it. Like I'm I'm a big supporter of Wyoming. I think it's it's a really really awesome place to go. Uh, definitely check it out if you're interested in antelope hunting. Uh, there's lots of opportunities to do it. There's lots of opportunities to whitetail hunt. Uh, it's a good place to like combine tags if you really play your cords right and then kind of learn the system. And uh, it's just fun overall. People are really great. Uh, make sure you check out uh, The Way We Hunt, as always. They have some great films and social media whatnots uh, over on uh, their channels. And uh, after you make sure you're following them, uh, go to, oh gosh, let's see, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Reddit, Twitter, uh, Tumblr, uh, YouTube. What did I miss? Whatever else. Follow Harvest Nature, too. We're in all those places. Anywhere you go, we're there. Uh, and then whatever podcast platform you're listening to, punch the five-star button, leave us a review, you get a chance to win a hat, uh, and uh, tell us what we're doing wrong, or, you know, tell us what we're doing right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.